Hello, and welcome to Adventurous Polyamory, the podcast where we rip off the shrink wrap and get into the messy reality of our lifestyle. I'm Rachel Barth, your hostess with the mostest, and I'm here to open up a big old can of truth and honesty about the joys and pitfalls of polyamory. We have already talked about older men and younger men and how that proximity can be enlivening. Now, what about older women and younger women? Really, what about older women in general? There's a lot of meat on this topic, and, you know, I'm going to do my best to take a couple chomps off the edge of it, but let's see where we get. First of all, how shall younger and older women fit together in a polycule? At first glance, it kind of looks like a recipe for misery. Isn't that what we're taught? The older woman is disposable and the younger woman is her replacement. The older woman is used up, stretched out, saggy, wrinkly, dried up, no longer juicy, no longer sexy or attractive. The man, disgusting cad that he is, has lost his love for her because who could ever be into an old hag? Everyone claims to be grossed out by his behavior, but at the same time, they check out the new girl and say, oh yeah, look at that ass. So both women are disposable. Both women are food to be consumed. Meanwhile, the man is also doomed. The line between sexy silver fox and repulsive old creep is still much thinner than he might have imagined. He will die alone, too. Because old people are gross. Old people are already wrapped in trash bags, waiting to be thrown away. Oh, patriarchy. Oh, capitalism. You shitty bitches. What if every single part of that story is lies? What if it's just not true? What if women aren't disposable? What if men don't really run the sexual selection game? What if it's all lies? Like all lies, these lies are meant to cloud the eyes and hide the fearsome truth. They're meant to control and cage us. The worst thing about being young is all the shit you just don't know. Your blind spot is bigger than your whole field of vision for a while. You don't know all the tricks people play and all the games. You don't know your own worth or your own power. You don't know what astounding things your body can do. You don't know what your options are. Sometimes you don't even know you have options. You don't have a good sense of time and how much of it you have. You don't know what you want or how to get it. The best thing about being old is that you do know all those things. That's why older women have the great and beautiful opportunity to help younger women uncover their own truths. So many of these dreadful patriarchal ideas are merely optical illusions. Look a little harder. A woman is not disposable. She is sought after. 
Humans are pretty much hardwired to seek companionship and love. I don't think there's any age that's old enough that you no longer want to have loved ones around you. And that means that you can be open to love at any age and still ready to give love at any age too. At the very least, surely you could be open to love with people who are age appropriate. Think about it. When people are married for a long time, nobody ever says, oh, why are they still married? Old people don't have any love left. Why not just abandon the struggle? Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Of course, we are still loving as we age. We are loving and we can be sexual as well. We don't stop desiring as we age. Why would we continue to desire and yet not wish to be desired? That doesn't even make any sense. A young woman doesn't need to fear getting older. What is there to fear, truly? The loss of social capital associated with no longer looking young, basically. And it's true that no matter what you might do to prevent it, you eventually do look older. But how much time, energy, and money will you spend in order to avoid something that is A, unavoidable, and B, not really a bad thing anyway? Getting women to spend half their lives distracted by this bullshit is a cruel trick of capitalism. Naomi Wolf wrote a whole book about this called The Beauty Myth. I will include that citation in my show notes. It's not a great situation for men either. There's something so sad about listening to young men on the internet explaining over and over how no woman who is actually worth having will ever want them. Meanwhile, they reclassify 95% of women as not worth having anyway, and finally also themselves as also not worth having. It is the saddest possible version of Groucho Marx saying that he wouldn't want to be a member of any club that would have him. It's sort of like racism in that it's a system designed to trap people in categories and then use those categories to oppress them. Best of all, people will force themselves into the categories. You won't even have to deploy mounted police to enforce it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. An older woman who has been around this block a few times is ideally placed to help a young woman let go of these manufactured fears. Although she has to let go of her own fears first, right? That's part of what this podcast is for, really. I want to interrogate these underlying thought forms which drive so much of our behavior. We're living in a time of such great change. I want to do my part to change this very small part of the landscape for all the baby polyamorists who will come after me. I think younger women also have a gift to give to older women. It's very easy as we get older to stiffen up mentally. Younger women remind us to soften and relax. They remind us to access our enthusiasm and our joy. Sometimes getting older can kind of dirty up your windshield. A younger woman reminds us to clean the glass and let the sun in. I'm not a younger woman anymore. I don't think I can put as much into this section as the other. Young women help me 
stay connected to the world via newness. Young women help me remember that I have responsibilities to my community. Young women help me stay motivated to try to fix the endless bullshit we keep generating. I want to fix it for them. Young women keep me from getting too complacent and lazy. For all these reasons, and probably more, I personally feel that it's a terrific thing to have a mix of ages in a polycule. I also think that staying focused on how we can benefit each other in such a situation goes a long way to avoiding the potentially creepy effects of the power differential. Whenever we enter into a relationship with a much younger person, we must be careful to observe what Dan Savage called the campsite rule. This means that we always strive to leave a campsite cleaner and nicer than we found it, and likewise strive to leave a partner better off for having been with us. And this brings us to the second part of my train of thought here. How shall we think about relationships between older women and younger men? We might jokingly call such a woman a cougar, a beautiful and deadly predator. There's the underlying hint in this descriptor of the cougar completely consuming her prey, which in essence is a victim. The cougar's not seeking another cougar. The cougar is seeking a victim. So, I mean, the term cougar, to me at least, has some very sort of unsettling pictures attached to it in my mind. There's no equivalent word for a man who is in a relationship with a younger woman. We literally just call that a man. Lots of men look forward to it. I've heard that some guys are excited to pass 36 because they can finally date someone who is half their age. This is kind of weird in my eyes. Like, why? It's not like... I mean, women in their 30s are still really fabulous. What is the deal with wanting to date someone who's not even really legal yet? Like, why? But I accept that this is a fairly common sentiment. I know that lots of guys feel this way. But a woman who dates a younger man is somehow different enough from other women, normal women, that she has to have her own special label. Like how gay men are not just men, they're gays. The label exists to point out the deviation from what some folks would consider the norm. The label is othering. I'm a woman. You're a black woman. I'm a man. You're a gay man. I like thinking about this issue because it teases out so many things that I love about polyamory in general 
and particularly as a system that offers women a lot of fresh privilege. For starters, any setup that allows women past 40 full personhood is pretty great. Even though I'm past 50, I'm still considered an attractive prospect in this environment, which is astounding to me, even if after all these years. As an older woman, I actually have even more freedom and agency than a younger woman. I don't need to plan for anything more serious than a bunch of fun, do I? I mean, it's not totally true. I have to plan for my own old age and eventual death. I have to do estate planning, if I manage to have any sort of estate. But on a day-to-day basis, I'm very free. I think this is the key to the attraction for younger men to older women. At first glance, it seems inconceivable. Why would a young, strong, sexy man be interested in someone literally old enough to be his mother? Why wouldn't he just go for a woman closer to his own age? One who's not decorated with the tiger stripes of motherhood and the gray hairs of middle age. We don't often think about the pressures that young men face. But they are expected to make money, plan a career, be a good father, a sexy husband... They are expected to be the dominant initiators, even if that's not really who they are on the inside, or even if they're so inexperienced that expecting them to be in charge of anything sexually is laughable. It can't be easy to face all of that. There might be lots of reasons why a young man might not be ready for all that, or maybe just never want all that. Older women tend to be past that stuff. The older the woman, the more she basically runs her own life. She doesn't need a man. She just wants one. She's less likely to put pressure on the man to be someone he hasn't become yet, or maybe never even wants to be that man, the breadwinner, the father. It's okay to not want children, and I imagine that not all men do. Right here, by the way, we could see a nice advantage of polyamory. An unwed man who does not want to take on the responsibility of being a father can still be part of a family structure in his polycule. He can feel like he's part of something good. He can feel like there's people who love him and care for him. He can give his love and care to others without having to take on the whole big wad of patriarchal expectations all at once. He can feel needed and appreciated without having to take on too much responsibility. My boyfriend can see that I need a new garden hose and get it for me without feeling like he has to do all the yard work too. But the older woman gets something so precious a new lease on a part of life that used to be dead territory. Getting older can be can be sort of numbing or deadening. I don't know if it's the actual aging or more likely the sometimes dehumanizing bullshit you have to go through, particularly in your 30s and 40s, before you enter the much nicer 50s. Now I hear myself say that out loud, I have to notice 
that I can never really get outside of my own experiences. I suppose there's women out there who really enjoyed their 30s. So maybe this won't apply to all the women, I guess. But for many of us, sometime in the mid to late 30s, when your metabolism really poops out on you, one morning you can't help noticing that you are not feeling sexy in your own eyes. And it's pretty clear that you are not looking sexy in others' eyes either. Esther Perel refers to erotic energy as something that is not merely sexual, but sort of enlivening, creative, and nourishing. She talks about how couples can suffer if one parent essentially transfers their erotic energy into their relationship with their children. Not in an abusive or predatory sense, but simply that basically all their juice is going into that. And what's left over for the spouse is just the dried out orange peel. So I think in this same vein that not feeling sexy is like a shorthand way of expressing that we might feel completely void of erotic energy. That not sexy feeling can permeate your whole life, leaving everything kind of pallid and bland. And we might try to treat it as if it were a medical issue, such as depression. But it's kind of a chicken and egg question. Have I lost my eros because I am depressed? Or am I depressed because I have lost my eros? So a younger man brings an older woman, like me, a sort of blast of fresh juice. He opens up access to a part of herself that had gotten kind of desiccated. This whole metaphor is kind of going downhill, isn't it? But you see what I mean. Obviously, there are basic physical things. A young guy doesn't have a bad back or bad knees or arthritis or shingles or whatever. But he can be so enlivening on a deeper, more emotional level. He doesn't make the older woman young again, or even really make her feel young again. He just lets her feel juicy again. Even though the knowledge and experience that come with being old can never be lost. There is a crucial difference between a situation with an older woman and a younger man versus an older man with a younger woman. An older man can literally try to play the whole level over. He can choose a new wife, have different children, hopefully try to be a better husband and a better father. I mean, if he didn't get therapy in the middle there, the odds are not very good. But still, he can try. A man who is my age could have a whole new family and maybe even be around for those new kids' graduations and weddings. A woman who is my age cannot. I'll never be pregnant again, and I certainly would not even want to. Frankly, it would take an avalanche of convincing for me to even consider adopting at this stage of my life. Like, I just got out of that tunnel, and now you want me to go back in? Nuh-uh. Mm, and the younger man brings freedom from that type of responsibility, or I might even say burden. 
The younger man doesn't want to have babies with me and very likely has no desire to be my husband or make any other sort of decades-long commitment. And I don't have to contemplate taking care of him as he gets old. If anything, it'll be him taking care of me. Although, frankly, I wouldn't organize my plans around the idea that any young man would do that. If it happens, wonderful. But in the meantime, I'm putting my energy into building a network with a broad variety of types of support. Friends, lovers, family, neighbors, all the things. I know it's not that fun thinking about how to live when we get extremely old. But, I mean, getting to be extremely old is the best case scenario here. Y'all, it's worth a thought or two. In my personal opinion, a relationship with a younger person has one more very piquant pleasure to offer. The bittersweet joy of impermanence. It's not that the relationship absolutely could not last, but you can't go into it with that assumption. You have to assume that it will end, because at some point, the younger person will feel ready to move on in their life from the safe lagoon that you offered. The little ship will leave your harbor. So you go into the relationship so gently, not trying to get it all nailed down, because ultimately, nothing about it can be nailed down. Being in relationship in this manner teaches you to savor the moment and enjoy the beautiful gift without having to trap it or cage it. Even as it lets you momentarily look away from your age and your own mortality, it also gently prepares you for the truth, which is that everything is impermanent, including your own self. That's kind of heavy, but it's exactly what I'm talking about. When aging and death are so heavy at first. But we all do it, and why does it have to be so dark? Slipping into the pleasurable impermanence of the May-December relationship can ease your relationship with impermanence in a very necessary way. I wouldn't go so far as to say, you absolutely should try this. I think what I'm saying is, if this kind of thing comes your way, maybe it's okay to be open to it. I think that's all I have for now. Thank you for listening. Do you have any topics you want to hear about on this podcast? Please get in touch with me at Unlimited Heart Coaching at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Unlimited Heart Freedom. Drop me a DM, I will answer. As always, I am available for coaching sessions. And if you feel you could use some help, please get in touch with me for a free exploratory session. I appreciate you all so very much, and I'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. <music>